I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I'm Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we have somebody who's not an expert, who's not a coach, but a productivity explorer. He loves understanding about productivity because this is something that most of us need in our lives. We're always looking at how do we maximize everything that's happening in our life. And very often we go down this dangerous path. But can we explore it and understand how we should be actually understanding productivity? So that is what this podcast is about. Join me in welcoming Sagar to the Habit Coach Podcast. Sagar, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. And it's always a pleasure to connect with you. Same here. Productivity Explorer. How did that come along? Explorer word comes in through Frederick Heron. I've sniffed it from him because mm. he calls himself a creativity explorer. And I found it fascinating. So I asked him that, why not a creativity coach or why not this? And he said, Sakar, creativity is something which is filled in everyone's life. And I love exploring it. And I said, well, exactly the same thing that I do in terms of productivity. I don't coach people to, oh, you have to be productive. You No, that's for robots. As far as human beings are concerned, we are all productive in some or the other way that we love, that we like and that we do normally. So why not I explore it with all the people and also learn from them because that's how lifelong learning comes to me. And I said, can I take it? And he said, it's all yours. <laughs> so that's how I combined productivity and Explorer and before, and before Explorer came into your life, what were you? I just tell people that, you know, I, I love to talk about productivity. I would love to know about how productive you are. I would love to know about how you take productivity and how is your day productive and what are you doing? So I was doing the same thing. It's just that the moniker or the brand moniker was not explored by me. Hmm. So then it, that's what came to me. And then I said, I'll stick to it. But because why productivity I, as a topic? How do you settle on this? That goes back to my root because, see, growing up in a situation where your resources are already limited because being from chols and slums, I used to have 10 rupees, for example. I'll, I'll give you an example there. So I used to have 10 rupees given by my mother to go into a cyber cafe to do a little bit of research during the college days when I wanted to do. And uh, she used to say, this is exactly what I have for this week. What do you do with 10 rupees? So there was a cyber cafe that used to give you one hour excess for 10 rupees. I used to take my friend along share it five, five rupees. Mm. Let's sit together, half an hour yours and half an hour mine and we used to do it. And in that half an hour, I used to do whatever I wanted. And in the other half an hour, while he's researching his topic, I used to read. So I used to absorb from him. And then next week again, we would go back together or in the same week, we would go back again together. So I would get two times in that same amount. But had I got 10 rupees for one hour, I would have invested five, seven, 10 minutes to do something else, to do something more because I've got that hour. So that is how productivity always came into my life. Even for time that was there, even for resources, money. So time, money, both came in. Again comes energy. Like, you know, you will have light power cuts off. You will also have limited other stuff. So utilizing your available resources at the fullest was thought to be my, my nature the environment and that's how productivity came into my life and then I started observing observing and observing people more and more and I felt that you know yeah that's that's something I never knew that word was productivity because I was very young at that age hmm. I came to know about productivity as a word when I did my engineering now you define productivity as what so what would compass productivity for machines or for humans? Humans, for us, for <laughs> us, for people listening to this podcast. AI has not cracked our podcast code yes. yet. So that's the difference that I talk about. If you're talking about machines, which started with the Industrial Revolution somewhere around 1900s, productivity was 
efficiency and effectiveness. How much is the efficiency and what is the effectiveness in terms of getting the output or how fast it is and how consistent it is in terms of quality. For human beings, we have a third element which is emotions. So we can be effective, we can be efficient, but we are also emotional, we are happy, we are sad. Sometimes we just don't want to do anything. Sometimes we want to relax. For that, I call productive mindset. We should not define ourselves with productivity. Else, we are talking about a race and that is never ending because you try to be fast in doing everything. What happens in that? You want to do everything quickly. You're not absorbing things. You're not looking at things around you. You're just walking fast. Like for example, Mumbai locals, people run to the station. They don't even observe what is around them. And one day they are free. They don't have anything to do. They will watch at the street vendors. They'll watch at the fruit, the beautiful flowers that are being sold. And they'll say, oh wow, this is available. I was not aware. Now that's what you miss when you're running fast. Your temperament is lost. You become irritable. You get irritated. You lose your, you know, cool very fast. What happens because of that? You can be very productive, but then you stop being a human being. So for humans, it's productive mindset, not productivity. Productive mindset. And yeah. that is the key for us to get. Yes, absolutely. Be happy with your emotions and flow with your emotions and be productive at the same time. Or else you're living a robotic life. So, so many people are not productive at all. Right? When you talk to people and they're saying, Ashton, my productivity is low. I'm just procrastinating everything. You know, I see other people doing it in one hour. I take seven hours to do. What is happening in their situation? Earlier, they would have taken 10 hours. Now they're doing it in seven hours. Then they might do it in five hours. And somebody who's doing it in one hour has been investing that much amount of time, energy, his emotions to strengthen his skills, to improve his skills. And he might have taken three years to come there. You have come now, you're watching your manager and you see, wow, he's doing amazingly good. Or you look at the F1 driver and he says, oh, he's driving so good. Did you check what he's invested? Have you checked what amount of practice that has taken him to do that? So it's okay. And that's where I say, don't run a race because today I can run a race and say, you know, I've authored two books. There are so many people who have authored 10. At the same time, I can see there are so many people who have not authored. Is it a race? No. I'm writing it because I enjoy it. I'm writing it because I want to share something. Else, I might write 100 books and there might be someone who has written 101. When I reach there, somebody would have written 103. It's always a race. You have to enjoy your progress. If you're doing it in 7 hours, tomorrow do it in 6.5. Then do it in 6. Then do it in 5.5. You're productive. So how do you get out of the race? Mindset. That's where the mindset comes in. That Race is for whom? You want to get at the best of the world. So I will give an example in 2020, if I recall it correctly. We all saw it in the news. Mount Everest, there was a queue to reach to the peak. So it was a race. Even on Mount Everest, there is a race which is the highest peak in the world and people wanted to be on the peak. So where does it end? When someone climbs on the Mount Everest and he tells, Oh, I've climbed Mount Everest. Ah, uh, nice. I've done it twice. Hmm. The man does it twice and then... He's done it seven times. Then someone comes Iron Man. Some, so there's no end to it. So being content with what you want, what are your desires, makes you more productive. Otherwise, you're always running a race to fulfill others' dreams, to fulfill others' desires, or to show off to the world that you are the best. Why? In that race, you actually lose to live your life because you're trying to be something. Someone has done it and you're trying to do the same. No need. You want to do it? Do it for yourself. To so do it for yourself, don't get dragged into what other people's goals are for you. 
You know, this is something that I was just talking to a friend of mine about. They're like, I don't want to do it, but everyone's throwing me back into this race. And I think this is something that society does to us. Parents do it, friends do it. I think they are trying to mean well, but they throw us back into the race. Right? How do we say no at that point of time? What is the polite way? What is the right way of doing that? Learn to say no. Mm. And how do we That's do that? That's the most polite way. So let's go back to three idiots, mm. right? The photographer. Our own Madhwan. He wanted to be a photographer. His parents were like, no, you have to do this engineering. You have to get this done. done." He did it to a point when our own friend Rencho came in his life. He told him about, you know, live it for yourself. He started looking into photography and he became one of the best photographers in the world. Now, that was a movie. But there are so many people who actually do that. And one of my dear friend, Vijay Gautam, he's done that. So he was a research scientist in a pharmaceutical industry. And today he's also one of a very good podcaster and he does it at an international level. Now, why does that happen is because he got to have clarity about what his goals are. And I think there's one song that I can relate to. Kuch to log kahenge, logo ka kaam hai ke so remember that song. And, you know, if you keep following the people, there'll be always someone telling you something. Comes back to one more interesting story if we have. Of course. So I'm sure you would have come across it. Father and son having a donkey, taking the donkey to another village to sell him off because they needed some money. On the way to the market, they come across few houses or few villages that they say. And one of the person says, oh, how stupid of both of them. They have a donkey and both of them are walking. What nonsense. Had I been, I would have sat on the donkey and went away. Both father and son get on the donkey and do it. A few meters ahead and say, how cruel these humans are. Both of them are sitting on the donkey. Can't at least one of them get down? The father says, I'll get down. I'll let my son be there. A little ahead, how stupid of that boy. He is a teenager. His father is, you know, in his 50s and he's allowing his father to walk and he's sitting on the donkey. I think that's a donkey sitting on a donkey. <laughs> well, to change, the father gets up on the donkey and the son is walking. A few meters ahead, a few women are passing by. How stupid is that father? He's allowing his young son to walk and he's sitting on that donkey. Isn't he really... They both get down and walk again with the donkey, which is straight ahead. So the minute you start following people, hmm. you will have variety of options. Which one will you follow? Follow something that your heart wants and you will be the best in it. You'll be the best productive person because when you love that thing, you will A, never get bored. You will find creative ways to approach it and that will increase your efficiency. And because you are loving it, your effectiveness, your energy in that and your intent to do that work will be at a phenomenal level. Of course, productivity is equal to energy, emotions, which I say, multiplied by effectiveness and efficiency. Productive mindset, a productive human being. Lovely. How do you follow your heart? I do a little bit of meditation every day. Okay. I speak to myself. And meditation, mind, by that, I don't mean like sitting on a quiet place. No, I do it by listening songs. I love listening songs. Mm. That's my way of meditation. And second is I talk to my wife. She's my sounding board. Speak to her, talk to her, get her feedback. And yeah, that's about it. So, because this is an important one, right? Like most of us are stuck in our brains, our minds. They're constantly thinking. They're coming up with ideas, all the fears for the future. And all those things are coming up in your mind. This heart funda, many people find very difficult to understand and, and feel and, you know, question and talk to. What are some tips that you would give Especially when you're talking about emotions as being a part of productivity mindset. What are some tips that you would give about listening to your heart? Rather than tips, I'll give everyone a question to reflect on. Okay. Because tips can be applicable to a few and not to some of them. But this question when I ask them that how many times 
have you thought about something and you had a gut feeling or you had something in your heart i should not do it if you have done it what was the result and if you have not done it what was the result i'm sure all of them are listening and smiling right now remembering their emotions their incidents and they exactly know that how many times they have listened to their mind they have actually troubled or gone through a lot of hurdles because mind always calculates you know mind is always logical it calculates it evaluates it has perceptions heart is pure your gut feelings are pure because they actually are the voice that tells you who you are in real sense what you really want to do and what you should really not do and that's the question or that are the thoughts that i would leave people with rather than tips because i'm no one to give tips on this thing because everyone has an individual again uniqueness they all have their calling their heart all they need to do is listen to that small voice the small voice which is whispering most of the time we say that's okay leave it hmm. we should not we should not follow so that voice think about it that how many times have you followed your mind hmm. result and how many times you followed your heart and result which one was better and if you're smiling at it you know the answers in your heart lovely lovely saka you were telling me when we met the last time about these three aspects around productive mindsets tell me about what these are so i've written down a few aspects or few things which i call as 26 proven ways which is a to z but to you know summarize it when i share as a keynote i say there are three principal elements that you should have number one is critical thinking critical thinking helps you to evaluate to plan and to you know put things in priorities then having a approach of creating opportunities from adversities because i feel that we all face adversities some or the other time in life and that's the part of life because if we see the heartbeat it goes up and down up and down up and down down is the adversity up is the opportunity if we fill it that way hmm. and if it's a straight line you're a dead man hmm. so it's okay and be happy that you have adversities find an opportunity in that third is about consistency now when consistency comes people are like oh it means discipline it means hard work no consistency to do your hard work but be as much consistent to celebrate set milestones that if i achieve xyz i'm going to celebrate in abc ways and that celebration can be as simple as gifting yourself a healthy chocolate <laughs> talking to a habit coach or something that you like or a t-shirt that you've been longing to buy which is not in your budget but because you want to appreciate yourself do it because the celebration comes from two ways intrinsic motivation and external so external is rewards and recognition by yourself rewards why are you waiting for others to give you a reward and internal is your purpose your why so these are the three things which i say critical thinking consistency and finding opportunities from adversities or creating opportunities from these adversities so these are the three c's that i put across amazing all right we're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break Welcome back to the Habit Coach podcast. Let's continue. Let's break this down into some habits that we can do for each of these three. Mm -hmm. Right? So the first one is critical thinking. What are two three of your favorite habits for critical thinking that people can start practicing today? Okay. So there were many ways that are defined uh, if you go out in the theoretical part, but I feel that to have critical thinking one should have observation because when you start observing things, you are absorbing things. and the minute when you start absorbing is when you analyze it to think critically mm. for that you need attention to detail a which is very very important then you also need to learn to say no 
Okay. Because when you are critically thinking, when you are evaluating, you need to say no to things which are not aligned. Hmm. Last but not the least comes the word P, the alphabet P, where I say you have to learn to set your priorities. And that's what critical thinking relates to. So these are few elements as we speak now that I can say that these are the things which will help you to build that critical thinking. So the more you observe, the more you can start thinking because the more information you have, the more data you have to process. That is where it comes in from. So observe to absorb is what I say. Hmm. And the no part is important because you have to, what, you have to spend less time on something, you have less energy on something. What is the no part? Productivity is all about how efficient are you in doing things. So let's say if you keep saying yes to multiple things, to multiple commitments, to multiple people, Hmm. you only have 100% energy or let's say you have 100 now you can divide that 100 into 10 things and give 10 10 10 to each or the variety of percentage that you want to put in or you can just do it into two things you will be more effective you will be more efficient when you give it to just those two things so rather than saying yes to 10 people making them happy pleasing people around or doing 10 things as a multitasker and not achieving anything makes no sense and that i can explain it through a very very simple example ram and shyam were digging well for their own farms Ram started digging a well and in five minutes he said, there's no water. Started digging the second one. There's no water. Started digging the third one. He went on digging it throughout the day. Ended up with 10 wells, no water. Mm. Shyam on the other hand was digging only one well. Went 100 feet down and he got all the water that he wanted. So you decide. You want to dig 10 or you want to do one? Choice is yours. Okay, lovely. I love that example. Focus on this one place. The more you say no to, the more productive you will become. Yeah, you will and have more, more time and energy to invest in the other stuff. Amazing. Amazing. So that was critical thinking. That was the first C that we were talking about. The second C is what? The second C is creating opportunities hmm. out of adversities. How will you do that? Again, links back to observation or having attention to detail. But whenever you have an adversity, what adversity means is something that is going or that is happening not as desired as you wanted it to be. So you expected or you wanted something and it's not going according to plan. So that is adversity for you. Hmm. Is it an adversity in real sense? Hmm. Adversity for somebody else? No, it might be opportunity for somebody else. Exactly. So why don't you have observation Hmm. or think in that sense Hmm. where you start observing again, Hmm. absorbing again, and then come to a judicial analysis, the J alphabet, which I call as judicial planning or judicial analysis of the situation and don't have a logical or an emotional attachment there, but start having a judgmental factor in. Judge the situation by what is happening. What is one positive thread that is coming out of that incident? Pick that thread. And as I told earlier, it ripples. It gets better and better. It, it, gives, it gets hmm. better and better. And then I say, you also need to have clarity and you need to have your willpower. Hmm. Because no matter what situation you are in, if you have your willpower, which is absolute strong and needed for everyone, you will find a way out of that problem and result into an opportunity. So this is the way I I say that people should have an capability or ability to create opportunities out of adversities. Adversities are there. Hmm. Everyone. Now, somehow it's an adversity for few people who can't walk in the heat. Fine. Sit into your home, do something in the afternoon, create opportunity there, do something which you've not done for a long time and do that. Or if you're working and you have to go to the office, it's AC. Enjoy it. So just be happy with that thing that you have and try and find one positive thread from it. Find a positive thread through this part. 
the part about willpower, I just want to touch on this. You know, many people don't believe they have it only. Mm-hmm. What is this fund of willpower? Give me like two, three tips on how to build willpower or how to understand willpower. When they say they don't have it and they have that strong feeling, mm. that itself is a willpower that they are having a willpower, mm. believing that they don't have I don't willpower. have willpower. <laughs> no, you do. No, I'm telling you I don't. How dare you think that I have willpower? I will show you that I don't have willpower. So, mm. I'm going to sit at home and do nothing and watch Netflix. And that's willpower, right? Mm. So it's just that they don't accept that they have a positive willpower, but they absolutely have a very negative willpower where they don't want to do anything. They don't want to accept anything and they stand there. So if you want to really have a feeling or develop your willpower, I, you know, I've written it down for people. It's called the key where... Uh, Why is it called the key? It's the key to the treasure hast, to your mindset, the productive mindset. So, so the it's key to your productive mindset, mindset. treasure chest. All right, lovely. And the best part of that key is mm. it has got a probability of reliability factor of 85%, mm. which means leave it at your desk, your board. You don't know what to do. You're thinking, I mean, you're just not doing anything. Open the book, flick to any page. It'll open to the page where you want your answers to be. And that is 85% true, 15% I can be wrong. (laughs) I've given that option there. And when you talk about willpower, Hmm. see, willpower is always when you, you know, you surround yourself with people around you. You surround, you create that support system. I'm coming back to the support system because your willpower also is energized by them. When you look at them, when you you talk to them, then it's all about creating a routine. Hmm. And continuing to do a, a little bit of routine exercise because when you start doing a routine stuff, you feel happy. You think, oh, you are in control. You are in control. You are in control. And that builds your willpower better and better. Hmm. And, you know, the other thing is practice self-compassion is what I've written. Hmm. Now, the reason why I've written self-compassion is because unless and until you feel happy about yourself, you love about yourself, you feel proud about yourself, not ego. I'm talking about proud. You will not be able to fulfill your desires you will not be able to take yourself to a different level and that's a part of willpower because if I love myself if I say that you know this is what I do my willpower will be strong and that gives you the energy the vibrations because we are all built with that energy and vibrations people will feel that energy when they are around you so people with a higher self-esteem have a better productivity mindset I feel so and I believe so Right. So the more you improve your self-esteem, the more... The more confident you are. The more confident you are, you will have the ability to say no to the people that you don't want to have. You will have more clarity. You will have more critical thinking. And all you're doing is you're going there. Hmm. Very interesting. The last one you said was... See consistency. Consistency. Now, consistency, how do you bring consistency? Now, consistency on the Habit Coach podcast, obviously everything about (laughs) consistency has been discussed on it. But what are some of the aspects that you talk about when it comes to consistency? So I talk about consistency as the word because I wanted C to be there. Hmm. But in consistency, I divide or, you know, like an engineer, I put it into two tabs. Mm -hmm. A, consistency to work hard, consistency to do the same things or being consistent in what you've committed to yourself. Hmm. Work hard or do whatever you've committed. At the same time, be consistent in celebrating by setting the milestones. Because let's say your goal is to, we're talking about habits. So let's say your goal is to change a habit or to reduce your weight or to be a marathon runner. Any example that you take, I'm sure there are certain milestones that you tick for yourself. That today I walked for, let's say, 5,000 steps. Tomorrow, 5,000 and a half, then 7,000, then 8,000. Fix up a milestone. The day I touch 10,000, I'll do this. Hmm. Then it doesn't stop there. It goes to 12,000, 11,000, 15,000 and go on till you achieve your goal. And those milestones makes you happy because you celebrate. 
Now, celebration is not going to a party and boozing. That's not celebration that I'm talking about. I'm talking about celebrating in the way that makes you feel happy. Hmm. And I would relate it to giving back to someone or showing a gratitude or doing something for the society. So what I do, I'll give my example that if I have to celebrate, I'll go and donate something at the orphanage with me there. Not donate just as money or something, but take some food, take some things and go and do that. Hmm. And the happiness that you get there is is crazy. Or spend one hour talking to the old age home. Hmm. And the blessings you get there are crazy. When you celebrate it in that way, it gives you more push to achieve your goals next time. Because when you celebrate it with party, booze and all the things, you're selfish. Hmm. But when you connect it... And you feel sick the next day. (laughs) (laughs) The minute you connect it to other people's happiness, Hmm. the celebration also gets a meaning. And you actually feel so happy about it that you want to celebrate more. So I'll say, okay, this time I could celebrate only with 100 rupees. Next time if I do this, no, I'll do it with 500 rupees. It's not that I don't have the money. I'm pushing myself to do this and celebrating it. Oh, I'll go to two orphanages. I'll give them a dinner. I'll give them this. Might as well do it. And that's how consistent you are. Consistent, work hard. Consistent, party hard. Hmm. Not hard, Hmm. but hard in a better way. Lovely. So the celebration part is something that will bring that consistency into your life. It'll help you make sure that you stay on track. Because it brings gratitude, it brings happiness, it brings joy. What else you need to be consistent? You've written books, you give talks, you do all these things. What are your five productivity habits? So what are the things that you do every day to help you with your productivity? The first things first, it starts with the night, not with the day. Hmm. I absolutely ensure that I sleep on time. Okay. So when I say time, it's not the clock that I do it, but I have a set routine that 9.30, the kids go to sleep. Hmm. And that's because we've set a timetable for them and they happily do that. Me and my wife finish off something between 9.30 and 10 that what we have to do, something that we want to talk about, discuss. 10 o'clock, we head to the bedroom. Hmm. 10 to 10.30 is our sleep routine. Hmm. I write down my notes, whatever I have to do for the next day morning that prepares me for the next day morning. We brush our teeth, we get fresh, we sit across, talk to each other, read up a book for maybe five, seven minutes, not too much. 10.30, Out. you're off. Mm. So it is not the day, it's the night that sets the tone of the day. Lovely. And the day starts where, yes, I do walking, but not every day, three times in a week, four times in a week, because I also keep traveling. So that is one of the routine that if I'm at home, I walk. Mm. If I'm not at home, if I'm traveling somewhere, I'll walk at the airport or I'll do something Try to just fit that walk somehow into that routine. If not, that that's fine. Then comes, you know, cleaning the bedroom or cleaning the house or just trying to do that stuff. Why that happens is because that keeps me in the momentum, that keeps me in the energy and that keeps Mansi happy. She's my wife. Mm. And when you help her, the day goes good. So that's <laughs> one secret tip that help her out and she feels happy. And then it starts with a little bit of reading that I do. And when I do that reading for 45 minutes in the morning, I mark, I text, I put notes. So that sets the tone of my day. I wake up somewhere around 6.30 in 6.15, 6.30 most of the time. Most of the time without somebody waking me up, it sets because I've slept early in the night. So that's my productive routine, which is 50% in the night or I would say 70% in the night. Mm. 30% in the morning which sets the tone of it. And the rest of the day flows from this setup that you've done. The night I've written the notes or the points that I have to do or Mm. the things that I have to do. Mm. The day is set to that only. How big is your to-do list? Three to four things in the day. Mm. That's it. 
that's it. Not more than that. I can't do more than that. And when I say I can't do that, I'm telling myself you should not do it. Hmm. Why? I can do 50 things in a day. Again, am I Ram or I'm Sham? So three things, focus on those things, give them your you're time. You're neither technically, you're Sagar. So matlab, you're not neither Ram nor Sham. So <laughs> who am I? Well, so that's the way. And when I say three things, it's not the three things that I do. Hmm. Those three are like the major things that I've planned for the day, which I will spend good 90 to 120 minutes in that day, not more than that. Remaining things are left for kids, for fun, for food, for playing around or for any other emergency calls because there's always an emergency call. There's always an urgent call. There's always someone who is going to come and eat up your time and you can't say no. Hmm. Leave that to that. And that's all productive mindset is all about, right? We are human beings. Things will go out of our hands. Hmm. So you set up your day with three things, 120 minutes, three tasks, big things that you want to do, even at jobs. So I'm not saying now that I've taken on my own. I was a VP for 10 years, working with a public limited company, serving the automotive company, which is just in time. And you're on the gunpoint when the line stops. Correct. Even at that time, three things. That's it. These three to-do lists. To-do lists, three mm-hmm. things. I'll do it in the factory today. Rest of the things, as they come, they're most welcome. I'm free for the day. Lovely. So when people say I'm busy, I'm busy. I was like, wow, I'm absolutely free. So please come, <laughs> I'm free. You may be busy. I'm not I'm, busy. In fact, that's something that I've always seen amongst managing directors and CEOs of companies. They're never really busy. Owners of large conglomerates, they're never busy. They'll always walk slowly. They'll always have all the time in the world to speak to you. It's just that they have streamlined their life so much exactly. that it's, it's never a rush there. Sagar, lovely talking to you. How can people get in touch with you? How can people check out your book? What are the next steps people can do after listening to this podcast? Absolutely. It'll be a pleasure if I can and I am able to bring that productive mindset. So you can always A, Google my name, Sagar Amlani. You will get to my website, which is www.sagaramlani.com. LinkedIn, I am available on LinkedIn. Again, Sagar Mlani, the productivity explorer on LinkedIn is where they can find me. Last but not the least, if you don't find me anywhere, just Google my name and you'll find me there. Lovely. All right. Sagar, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely loved it. It's my pleasure and absolutely honored to be here and to connect with your listeners. And it has always been amazing conversing with you because it's also giving me time to reflect and relive those moments which I've been sharing with you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Please do start your podcast soon. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashdin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to my website, awesome180.com. Now, I have just published my first book. It is called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Please do check it out on Amazon and wherever else you get your books.